Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 169, Nice, of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Mob Psycho 100, episodes 2 through 3, where Mob joins the telepathy club, Mob is out of shape, and smile or I will kill you. I mean, that's just a good rule of thumb anytime anybody is ever going to take your picture. You need to smile, or they will kill you. That's just... Smile or die. That's just something that, you know, they say three, two, one, and cheese. And cheese is just, you know, shorthand for smile or we will murder you. This is this is something yeah. that every uh, child photographer knows at all times. Except for their words for it is, look over here at the dancing smiling clown. And can we talk about how you shouldn't use clowns anymore to try to make children laugh and smile? Because there is nothing more horrifying than clowns. I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there. Anyways, let's jump in. I have a lot of thoughts. My first one is just like an image of like somebody, like a professional photographer, has like the camera in one hand and like a gun pointed at you in the other And it's like, if you're smiling, they'll click the camera. And if you're not, they'll click the gun. (laughs) Also, the other is you, you got uh, so, you got so obsessed with saying 169 again, you were incorrect. 169 was our Scars Brother Mufasa episode that we just put out. It's episode 170. Oh my God, I forgot to update it. Yeah, it's because you're. All right. Well, I didn't do the nice joke in that. So, you know, I'm allowed one mistake. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let me update that now, or I'm going to mess it up on the next notes. Uh, but yeah, the um, the the other thought that I had, you know, you, I've been reading old Marvel. I'm I am currently in the early seventies in Marvel because man, the number of books has really exploded, and so the amount of time it's taking me to get from one year to the next has really expanded. But uh, the um, to a much lesser extent in the current part of Marvel that I'm reading right now, but definitely prevalent in the entirety of the sixties era Marvel stories. It's pretty common for characters to roll up to a a circus. You know, the circus would come through town and people would be there and be super excited. And it was like, it was like the fucking thing to do. And I, I know I've talked at some point in the past about how funny it was to me. Like at one point, uh, a ship was leaving the harbor and there was like a crowd of people there waving the ship away. And I think John Mulaney even has a bit about that. Oh yeah. Definitely showed up. He's like, let's all get dressed up, really dressed up. I'm, I'm talking about everything, including hats and let's go down there and let's wave at this ship. Do you know anybody on the ship? No, I don't know anybody on the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it was just like, I, this is a little pretentious, but it just gives the idea that it was sort of boring and that there wasn't a lot going on in that time period. Because now we have streaming and we don't want to watch the ship because we want to watch our, our stories. And, uh, but yeah, that it showed up in a Marvel comic and I was like, that's, that, uh, you know, like, look, Marvel comics are not documentaries, but these kind of recurring things I think can uh, can sort of tell you a little bit about like the mindset of people at the time, like the fact that people like the circus was coming to town and people were like really excited and like trying to get tickets and everybody had to show up. Um, 
which is not how we react to it now. And that being sort of the backdrop for a story, I think, tells you how people felt about circuses at the time. And and so, you know, tying this into the clown thing, you know, clowns are such a big part of like a circus because a circus is sort of like a a smorgasbord of all kinds of stuff happening at once or right on top of each other. And so like throwing clowns into the mix is just another part of that sort of swirling vortex of entertainment overwhelm. And it makes sense in that context. And I would say it also sort of makes sense in the context of, you know, at the risk of being pretentious, something of a simpler time in which the standards for and experiences of comedic entertainment were a lot more limited. And um, it makes sense why nowadays clowns just aren't received as well. And I don't think that's entirely Stephen King's fault. I think it's just that we have really changed what we think is funny and a dude in, you know, weirdly shaped clothes with makeup on his face just doesn't sound like the setup to a good joke anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's anyways, anyways, um, in my, let's talk about anime in my anime news of the week. Uh, I didn't get news. I didn't get much, uh, interesting anime news. I did get a super weird, uh, update from my, uh, news network thing that I follow, which is there's a, did you know that there's a movie called butt detective? (laughs) I did not. Okay. I I probably should have assumed, but I did not know that. Well, apparently it's like a, it's like a children's anime. (laughs) What? Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's very weird. Um, but apparently it's, it's, it's a detective. That's like, it's his like head is a butt. And it's like, he's got like a little weird comb over part. It's a very weird thing. But apparently they're putting out a Switch game, which is like a puzzle solving game. And all they could think about was just like two things. First of all, I've never heard of this anime before, but it sounds ridiculous. Oh my god. Are you looking at pictures of it? Yes. Number. number... (laughs) He looks like Hitler, but with an ass for a face. And number two... (laughs) Number two, they're making a game out of this. I I don't even understand how you can, you can. Uh, but I, uh, color me interested. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, that's all. That's all the news that we have from this week. Uh, this week's file of uh, what the fuck did I just read? Um, but let's go ahead and get into our our coverage this week. We're going to be covering some Mob Psycho One Hundred. And uh, Blake, can you tell us what happened previously on? Yeah, well, we've only watched one episode of Mob Psycho 100. And as a reminder, I have never seen Mob Psycho 100, so I can't add a lot of context to these previously ons. But what we know is that our main character is Mob, who is a middle school kid who is very quiet and reserved and, and has that sort of like timid doesn't want to speak because he's just so goddamn in his feelings kind of vibe going on. Um, Except that also he is like an insanely powerful psychic uh, because they're not, it's not like everybody in this world has psychic powers, but people have like legit like telekinetic powers in this universe. And, um, and he's one of them and he's super, super strong. And uh, in no small part, because he is sort of, uh, uh, repressed with his emotions when he gets into a stressful situation 
there's a percentage count that is tracking how close we are to him exploding. And if it hits 100%, then he's basically like lost it. And he is not like losing his mind, but he has lost his, uh, his sense of restraint. He's too uh, upset and he's just going to go all out because he just can't take it anymore. Uh, that has not happened yet in the in the first episode, but uh, it, it's sort of a well established convention that these stressors that he's facing in this in this show are ticking him up toward some sort of an explosion. Excuse me. And then uh, Mob uh, is working for a guy named Reagan, and Reagan is uh, an adult man with a detective slash exorcist agency. Um, I guess it's a it's specifically a supernatural detective agency um, because Reagan is a charlatan who is uh, utilizing the superstition of people and um, and, you know, taking advantage of them. Like like in the beginning of one of our episodes today, he says that somebody is feeling tension in their body because they're being haunted. And then he gives them a massage to relieve that tension and says that that is, has caused them to be freed of the spirit haunting them. So it's that kind of stuff. He's taking normal, mundane things that are happening to people and blowing them out of proportion. However, there are genuinely powerful spirits that are haunting stuff sometimes in this world. And when those spirits show up, he is kind of out of his element. But Mob is a super powerful psychic and is able to handle those things. And so... He has Mob working for him for like nothing. I think at one point he mentions the, that Mob is has a salary of 300 yen per day or maybe even per week. And as I said on a, I'm probably our first Mob Psycho 100 episode, Pokemon has Pokeballs available for $200 uh, because that's apparently the amount of spare change you would find in the pocket of a young child. So to be paying him $300 for an entire day, or if I'm misremembering, an entire week of work, is basically having him work for free. Uh, so he he's there, and then basically they just they just went on a little adventure together in episode one, and now we'll we'll dive a little bit more into uh, their relationship and also Mob's life outside of work. Uh, and that'll bring us into episode two. Yeah, episode two is called Doubts About Youth. The Telepathy telepathy Club appears. (laughs) This episode is, like most Mob Psycho 100 episodes, fantastic. Um, It is also ridiculous the amount of things that happen in this episode that are just completely off-the-wall crazy is just just wild to me. First and foremost... I I would also say... I would I would also say that, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to our show before, or if you've forgotten, this is a full spoilers show. We will tell you spoilers for both episodes two and three. And I had seen some stuff about Mob Psycho 100 from people on YouTube talking about it as a show. And that stuff spoiled for me the joke at the end of this episode. I knew it was coming. And so I enjoyed anticipating what was going to happen. But I would say if you have not watched Mob Psycho 100, this joke is going to hit way better. If you stop here and go watch episode two uh, and have that be a surprise, um, it's still fun either way. But uh, I I would argue that it'll be a much more fun surprise. So uh, if you are watching along sight unseen on Mob Psycho 100, I would encourage you to check out episode two before continuing our coverage. Uh, But, you know, do what you want. Here we go. Okay. 
So the telepathy club. So the telepathy club is really just a place where one girl wants to be telepathic and the rest of the club <laughs> just wants to hang out inside of a room and not be bothered by anybody. Um, yeah. And so they, uh, they consist right now of four members because one of their members has recently quit. And apparently you need five members in order to be a club. And because they don't have that, they're kind of screwed. Um, yeah. Some of the slice of life anime we've been forced to watch recently have, have revealed to me that this is a thing that happens. And basically it seems like you can have whatever club you want in, in school. I'm sure there are limitations to that, but uh, you can more or less have whatever club you want, as long as you can get, you know, whatever the minimum number of required participants is and if you can't no matter how like obvious or common or likely your club is it will not exist so yeah that's what's unfortunately being had occurring to the telepathy club and in fact i think the episode opens with the fifth member of the telepathy club quitting i don't remember why but like he walks out the door and then everybody else the the other four members are like oh no we've dropped below the thing. We'll have to get another member or they'll disband us. And there's a knock at the door and they're like, Oh, fifth member. Are you back? And they open it up. It's the student club president. That's like, I heard you're down to four. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, we have no time in order to figure this out. And he's like, you have until Friday to figure it out. And that's like, two days away and so yeah. <laughs> completely freaking out so they run around to go try to find people and uh the first group of people that they find are all just like this sounds weird or this sounds stupid and some people are like i'm yeah. too busy to do it and then they get it's to basically mob. that sequence from the it's basically that sequence from mean girls where you see different clips of people talking about regina george but instead of talking about regina george they're talking about why they think the telepathy club sounds weird yeah um and so they they run into mob and they're like mob you need to become part of the telepathy club and he's like hold on really quick because i've got a side job and i need to check in with them and regan has like a full-on conversation with him about how like these people are probably trying to swindle you mob in order to join their club you shouldn't join their club don't it's listen incredible. to what they it's just it's just this long very very pointed and very correct response into like what is happening with these people that want to be become part of their club and but uh, also he's literally like they probably know that you have legitimate psychic abilities and they are frauds and they want you to add legitimacy to their club by joining them and then to take advantage of you as a real psychic user and what he doesn't say is that's what i'm doing so they can't do it too yeah i'm busy doing that right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man uh, it's so it's, the it's so huh? good. There's just yeah, so, so many things the, about the way that Regan does everything. It's just like, I love that character so much. <laughs> yeah. So there's this core stressor here in the episode that they spend some time on uh, that, that basically boils down to Mob wants to join this club because it, earlier on in the episode, before the stuff with the telepathy club happened, Mob was at work with Regan and he was like, Hey, I'm I'm in middle school. I, I am a child, and I I don't know if I'm like taking advantage of that or rising to that occasion. Like you know, there's these these stereotypes about what kids do, and there's my classmates that are doing these things that I'm not doing, and you know, like am I blowing my shot at a childhood? 
And so this is sort of a, the telepathy club comes along and in some ways offers him a solution to the problem that he feels he's having that he pinpoints at the beginning of this episode. And so this episode is really that, that sort of tension between like, is this like it mob doesn't seem particularly interested in the telepathy club, but he does have that sort of like malaise about what he's been doing that the telepathy club might solve versus the fact that he already does have a job with Regan. And so he's like kind of committed to that and wants to uh, wants to join their club. And, and another interesting parallel that's drawn between mob and the telepathy club at some point is that the telepathy club, one of the members is like, look, we're, we're in this club. Uh, like Spencer said, one of them wants it to be a supernatural club in which they learn to use telepathy. And the rest of them want it to be a, uh, a, club that allows them to hang out and do whatever they want to uh without being bothered by teachers and other adults and stuff like that because they are kids right now and they have the sense that as they grow older they will lose the opportunities to just sit around doing nothing and chilling a lot and i thought that that was really cool and it's a really you know direct tie between what they're feeling and what mob is feeling and so it makes a lot of sense Uh, But in addition to this challenge, they also have a mission to go on in this episode, and that is also very good. Oh, yeah. So they're going to go to this school, and uh, it is a school for girls. And so Mm -hmm. uh, in order to get in, because Regan couldn't get direct access, uh, he's like, okay, Mob, you and I are going to dress up like girls and try to get into the school. And when they get to the school, they're like, number one, you are clearly a... Uh, full-grown An man. adult man in drag <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they're just like you need to go you can't come into the school and uh regan's like crap but they're like then they turn to mob and they're like okay little girl so you can come into the school i'm sorry you almost got swindled by this normal adult man and he's just like i don't know how to feel about this <laughs> i was just like this is such a traumatic thing for a teenage boy who's like that it's so tough when you're a teenager and like your your body oh my husband is home and is speaking with our dog the the, uh your body is changing so much and you don't know what the fuck is happening and like you know mob has not expressed any level of gender dysphoria so he's probably trying to figure out what it means to be transitioning from a boy into a man and to be mistaken for a girl even when that is you know nominally what you're going for is probably really like emotionally upsetting and confusing experience for him and then he goes straight from that into going into a job by himself that he's not supposed to be on by himself surrounded by teenage girls his own age like this is a complete nightmare scenario for a middle school boy Mm -hmm. yeah it is it is ridiculous that this is happening to him but also hilarious (laughs) yeah it's so good and it is it really is i'm not going to get too deep into this but it in the same way that one punch man is such a deft exploration of like feeling unsatisfied with life despite being successful. This is a very good metaphor for adolescence. It's not even a metaphor, really. It's an explicit situation that sometimes people might find themselves in some version of, although not quite an identical or such a heightened version of. But like, it really is just like exploring the the malaise and the the sort of like mental stress you go through as a teenager in a sort of light 
safe comedic space with psychic powers. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he gets to the roof to try to find who these people that hired them are. Um, and before he's able to talk to the people that actually hired them, he walks up to these girls and they just give him a complete dress down. <laughs> They're just yeah. apparently the the girls that hired them end up calling them thugs. They were like, you talk to these thugs first. And I was just like, I don't know if I've ever heard like teenage girls being called thugs before, but I guess it's not a gender specific term. So, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't usually, but you know, if you're in an all girls school, somebody's going to do it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, they're going to, um, end up telling, uh, telling mob why, why they were, um, brought or why he was brought in. And it turns out that there is a genuine spirit that is inside of the school that has been haunting. Um, and they don't, they don't know why, but apparently he's, he's, whoever this spirit is, is not only sort of gross, um, because they're going into bathrooms and flying things around and stuff like that, but they're also freaking people out to the, to the point where they, they don't know, um, if this is a malicious spirit or if it's just a, a spirit that's just kind of hanging out inside of their school. They don't really know what's going on with it. So, uh, mob tracks down the, the spirit. It, it ends up getting into an all out battle with mob inside of the, the gym where a, uh, a school practice is taking place for basketball. And, uh, the big giant spirit is going to reveal itself. Mob is going to be able to take care of it very handily, very quickly. And then it's revealed that the spirit that has been building up its power inside of this girl, all girls school for so long was like the spirit of a teenage boy who was just trying to get close to these people that wouldn't talk to him when he was alive and how awkward he felt. And he was just like, it's so messed up that you are dealing with me where I had finally found my paradise. This is what you would be doing as uh, uh, if you, if you were dead, I guess. And it's, he specifically says like, I didn't have the opportunity to do these things in life, which, you know, not all the things are cool, but basically I don't feel like I lived. And so as he's like dying and fading away, he's like, don't be like me. Don't waste your life. Make sure you're living your life, which this is like, this is good storytelling, albeit not subtle storytelling, but it it was just delightful that like this fucking random ghost exorcism fight scene turned into, oh yeah, he's having like an emotional problem with the telepathy club and Regan. And the fight is just going to reinforce all of that where it, you know, it becomes something of a turning point for him where he sees this ghost that's haunting a girl's school to the point that they are feeling uncomfortable and calling in an exorcist because the ghost died feeling like he feels right now. Mm -hmm. And mob is going to go back to school with that on his, on his, on his, uh, his mind, I guess. Yeah. And the telepathy club, uh, they are about to get disbanded. The, the vice president of the school council is showed up and he's just like, by the way, um, this is the body improvement club. They're going to be taking over your space. And they're like, well, Mob might be able here to sign up. And so Mob shows up and he's just like, okay, I'm ready to sign up. And they're like, yes, it's so great that you're going to sign up. And he's just like, yes, I'm signing up for the body improvement club. 
<laughs> it's so good. It's so great because he was literally about to sign the papers for the telepathy club. And then the body improvement club shows up and he's like, this, this is what I've been missing. I want to be a muscly boy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyways, that takes us into episode three, an invitation to a meeting. Simply put, I just want to be popular. This episode starts out with him. <laughs> he's running around with the mob, the the body improvement club people. Um, and they, uh, you can they, call it that. <laughs> they are getting in shape and mob is not, he is about to pass out <laughs> and they're like, they come up and they find him passed out and they're just like, uh, are you okay? And he's just like, how are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> he's so out of shape. He cannot, he cannot play, which like all the body improvement club guys are drawn like super muscular, like a head or more taller than mob and all the other characters. Like they are, they are drawn such that they've been at this for a hot minute. And mob is just this scrawny little kid and he just can't handle it. And so he passes out and they take him back to their club room. And that's the same room the telepathy club was using, but they, they didn't, they didn't technically want to meet in that room so much as they wanted to use that room as sort of a storage closet for their workout equipment because they're working out outside. And so the telepathy club that went down to four members has had a happy ending, which is that the, the body improvement club doesn't give a shit if they use their club, as long as they have enough space to store their workout equipment. So the telepathy club still gets to meet in their club room and they, they've, bring mob back there in the telepathy club is like, yeah, we'll make sure he's not like dead and shit. And then they, they uh, tell him that uh, he will never be popular, even if he becomes a muscly boy. <laughs> yeah. And then um, on his way home, uh, he is accosted by this woman wearing a smile mask. Who's telling him all these things about how his life is wrong and he needs to come with her to join ostensibly her cult. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Maria Bamford sketch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, uh, she's talking about her friend at work. Who's like, you know, I, we, I do this. Like I have this like yoga class after work tonight. It's, it's a lot of fun and there's, there's nice people and there's food and you know, it, it's free. And Maria's like, sure. I'll join your cult. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> So, okay, here's here's the thing about uh about this cult because it is a cult, really. Yeah, um, it is. So, the big thing about it is that uh this this cult is made up of people that are talking about how they they want to smile all the time and they're being led by their great leader. Their great leader is this guy who is at first wearing another smile mask as well, but he eventually takes it off um and shows off his his weird dimply face and his name is Dimple. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dimple seems to be a term for spirits in this universe, but I don't think that term has been used in the show yet. So I'm suspicious about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. The, the, the cult is also known as LOL. And the whole thing about the cult is that the leader has the ability to make anyone smile and laugh. And all of the cult members are creepily happy people who just want everyone around them to smile and laugh and uh, under the pretense of enjoying life. And they all seem to believe it, but there's a few hitches. And the first hitch is that the cult leader 
we hear in in some internal narration that that we hear from him that he actually wants to become like one of the great world leaders by spreading this cult throughout the world and becoming too powerful of a force such that he is leading the world. Um, we also see that Mob is not the only person that's been recruited today. And one of the people that's been recruited is a classmate of his who it turns out is not actually interested in joining the cult but is from the journalism club at school and just wanted to learn about this new cult that people have been hearing about. And she is not interested. Once the jig is up, she's like, I'm sorry for deceiving you and I will leave. And they don't let her leave and instead put a mask on her. And as soon as the mask is on her, she starts smiling and laughing. But you get internal narration from her that she is mentally resisting this she does not want to smile and laugh and she is disturbed by the fact that she is smiling and laughing and not seemingly able to control it that it seems to be coming from some other place so we learn very quickly that this is not just the feel feel good times club but there's something nefarious going on yeah it's it's truly very nefarious and so they try to put uh one of these masks on to <laughs> onto mob and it doesn't end up working and so they're just like okay let's go to plan b which plan b is to try to make mob laugh by having them drink milk and stare at each other and make faces at each other and uh <laughs> the only reason this. that mob agrees to this is because he's just like what you don't know is that mob loves milk <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> it's just like, and so it's just so fucking funny that it's the most boring basic reason. Yeah, it's such a good bit. And so he he finally makes it to the final boss after defeating the other people, which is going to be Dimple himself. And Dimple can't get him to laugh, and so Dimple tries to hit him with his laugh ray, which is like he throwing his hand at him and trying to use his psychic ability on Mob, but Mob is not giving up to this at all. Um, yeah, and specifically, the, the cult leader is actually a normal man being possessed by a spirit that has the ability to make people laugh. And so he, like, you know, and Supernatural, when they exercise the demons, and there's, like, a big cloud of smoke that comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. He does that. Yeah. And then starts to attack Mob as the smoke boy. Yeah, and it also, um, through all of this, he's going to, um, he's going to deride uh, over and over again um, it, Mob to the point he's where just... Mob breaks. Mob goes yeah. into full rage mode. Yeah, he fucks around, and then he finds out. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, when he gets to 100%, uh, Mob just just decimates Dimple. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, it's going to free everybody from this cult. Uh, it's going to leave everybody kind of going like, what, just, what the hell just happened to me? And also, uh, at the very end, we are also going to find out that Dimple is like, Oh yeah, uh, I'm your partner now. I'm not gonna leave you alone. And Mob's Mob's at zero because he's just he's feeling good about himself and he's feeling good that he was taken care of. And also Regan gives him this great moment where he was like, you know, you're you're secure in yourself and that's good to be who you are. I really love Regan as a character. Anyways, um, and this show is very good. Yeah. And uh, and then it, it it turns out Dimple's there, and we see his like zero percent meter go to twenty percent, and we're just like, oh god. <laughs> 
And that takes us to the end of this episode. Uh, so stick with us after these credits, and we'll talk about what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of the Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden, episodes 81 through 88. Good news, everyone! It's bad news, actually. Someone's died. (laughs) To shreds, you say.